podcast as part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Go to bigheadsmedia.com for more great podcasts. Welcome to today's episode of 49ers Unrestricted. I'm Timmy Gibson here with my co-host, Daniel Bigelow. Daniel, how you feeling today? Good morning. Happy Monday, y'all. Uh, yes, y'all from a Californian. Uh, hope we're well. Hope we had a good football Sunday. Mixed feelings for a lot of us, but can we start off on the high note and celebrate what happened on Thursday before we even got to Sunday? What what happened on Thursday, Daniel? Uh, just uh, you know, a California boy came home. He came back. He joined the red and gold. Uh, Christian McCaffrey was traded to the San Francisco 49ers for four draft picks. So half of our draft picks this year and a fifth round pick next year. Yeah, the 49ers couldn't um, give a first because, you know, we gave them all for Trey Lance, but we sent a 2023 second, third and fourth, and then a 2024 pick to get back Christian McCaffrey, probably the league's best running back if you kind of factor in all facets of being a running back into into that. I mean, he is a if you've played fantasy football, you are very familiar with the name Christian McCaffrey. If you're a Bay Area sports fan, you're probably pretty familiar as well from when he had maybe one of the maybe the greatest college football, individual college football season of all time in it in his time at Stanford. So McCaffrey is one of the most electric and unique athletes in the NFL. And there's not many better systems to put him in than one run by Kyle Shanahan. Obviously, we're gonna talk about Seriously. We're gonna talk about yesterday's game and and Christian McCaffrey did not get that much run, but I, I think he's only going to get more and more involved. I mean, he had a day and a half to learn the playbook. The fact that he got out there at all was was pretty impressive, and there were flashes of, okay, this is what this offense could look like with, with CMC kind of kind of moving the ball on the ground. Yeah. Long-term future, I mean, he's got a big contract. The Panthers ate most of it this season. They... um. The 49ers only have to pay him like $600,000 or something like that because the Panthers paid everything in terms of like signing bonuses and stuff already. Wow. But he's due about $36 million over the next three years. Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch and have been... that's okay. Yeah, they've been super clear. They do not view this as like a one-year a one year rental. So I, I think they'll restructure it, pay a lot of it in bonuses, all the things we've seen them do before for these big money guys yeah. they've brought in. I mean, the you were talking about his his ability, and I would say the the thing about him is he's arguably the most versatile running back. Exactly. Um, Austin Eckler is another name that's right there with him. Where, like uh, yesterday, Austin Eckler had at least twelve targets or twelve receptions for almost a hundred yards, and then he was also the team's leading rusher. So you can see the the same thing for both these guys a lot of the time. But McCaffrey has been in an offense in a system where he is featured as every aspect of the offense, where he has not had a lot of guys around him. Um, so he's usually been the leading receiver and leading rusher, of course. Uh, I don't know how good of a blocker he is off the top of my head, So, but just in every facet of the game at the running back position, he seems to be the most versatile and also most effective in every aspect and so 
just an exciting player to have for a long time. Uh, at least, you know, ne- over three years is a long time, at least for a running back. And he's been around for, is this his fifth season already? Or is this number six? I want to say he said a, sent a farewell message to the Carolina Panthers fans and it said like five and a half or four and a half years. So he's been in the, he's already he's been been around the league a little bit. For, a, for a decent amount of time. Yeah, and then there's obviously some some health concerns with with McCaffrey. He the last two seasons hasn't really been able to stay on the field. Before that, he was on all the time. Shanahan and Lynch have expressed full confidence in in McCaffrey's health. I don't know how much more we can we can really question it at this point. It's something we're just going to have to see. I mean, big big picture, the fact that the 49ers went and did this means they're very very confident in this this team's ability this year and in the next few years to compete for Super Bowls this is a LA Rams move and in fact I think part of the reason the 49ers wound up giving up so much draft capital capital is that the Rams were the other bidder here and the 49ers decided they didn't want to lose this one like they lost for getting Stafford and and all this stuff so there's a lot a lot going on here, but clearly the 49ers are are all in, and we'll talk about whether or not that's wise when we get to this week's game breakdown. But if you look at the NFC, there's no clear front runner other than the Eagles. The 49ers currently are not in first place in the NFC West, but they'll get back. They have but. every every shot to get back there. Um, so it it makes sense to me looking at the NFC to say the 49ers could be all in and, and could go to a Super Bowl. So I'm I'm ex- I'm in on that. Yep. We're going to talk about this a bit, but the 49ers got absolutely outclassed by an AFC contender yesterday. And there might be reasons for it, but it's hard to say, oh, we're all in, and then just get steamrolled and just look like you're playing a different sport. Um, yeah. But we, we, you and I were yeah. so excited on Thursday night when this trade came through. I was texting all my friends that I didn't know are 49ers fans. Like, how cool is this? Are we excited about this? Like, I feel like we have to be excited about this. Are there repercussions from this? Well, I mean, I think I said on a couple episodes ago, like, hey, there's rumors the 49ers are going to trade for Christian McCaffrey. It's not going to happen. We're not going to talk about it. And then it happened. Yeah. I I was kind of with you where I'm like, nah, I, I wanted him to go to the Bills just because they're my A. No, nah, I, I wouldn't even say they're my AFC team. But... I thought it'd be cool. They're a good team. They need a running back, and I figured it was a good fit to get them out of Carolina. Just didn't expect the Niners to do it. Um, this is the like, but it, this is the equivalent of we talked about how like Aaron Rodgers, Matthew Stafford, these elite quarterbacks stepping into the Shanahan offensive system that we used to kind of look at and say this is a system where any kind of quarterback can run it because the system's just so good. And then all these coaches kind of one by one decided, okay, that's actually not enough. I need. Uh, like I need an elite quarterback. It's always been the same with running backs. I mean, if you've listened to this episode at all, at this show at all, you've heard us talk about how anyone can rush for a thousand yards in the forty nine in the Kyle Shanahan like wide zone or not wide zone, um, yeah, outside zone rushing scheme. And now Kyle Shanahan has said, yeah, but I'm gonna put one of the best running backs in it and watch what I can do now. So it's it's gonna be exciting, and I don't think we got a full exposure to it yesterday's game. The only other thing related to the trade no. is. Yes, the 49ers gave up draft picks. They are expected to be receiving some comp picks, some compensatory picks over the next couple years because Mike McDaniel got hired. Um, 
is it someone is now a general manager somewhere from our front office, Robert Sala. A lot of these guys who have now gotten big positions, the 49ers are going to be do some compensatory picks from that. And then there's also a shot at if Jimmy's not on the team next year, a third round compensatory pick could come from that as well. So there's a solid chance that that could have been part of the 49ers willingness to part with these picks. Hmm. I'm excited to see McCaffrey next week on a full week of, uh, of prep and stuff, but how do you feel about how much or how little you saw him yesterday? Like, are you pleased with the amount that you saw him? Are you like, ah, I wish we saw him more. Are you surprised you saw him as much as you did? I'd have loved to see him more, but I don't know how you could have done that. You know, that would have been, that would have been pretty tricky to, to pull off. I feel like. Yeah. I heard, I heard a number of people saying yesterday, they're like, hey, football's football. Why does he have to learn the playbook and get in there? Why can't, you know, he's played football for so many years. Why can't he just join a different team and hop in there? And those are the kind of things where I smile and nod and don't say a lot because I go, I don't, I don't know how to ex- explain this to you. I, I think that there's a little, a little, a little more in-depth study that needs to happen there because every playbook is different. Teams run differently. You know, Carolina Panthers have a very different run offense than we do. And uh, the announcers made a comment that they were talking with Jimmy and they had said, he's like, if, if Christian's in the, in the huddle and he doesn't know the play, I said, I just tell him what to do. And I'm like, yeah, I get that. That's cool as well. It's, it's cool to know that professional athletes can just pick up on it that quickly and that easily. Uh, I'm sure there's potentially some miscues in there with, where his route was supposed to end or, you know, what hole he was supposed to run through on a designed play. But regardless, I thought it was cool the way that they figured it out. But yes, it takes time to, to learn and study the, how the team works. Um, he touched down on, was it Friday or Saturday? Friday. Touchdown Friday. on Friday. He was traded so, during Thursday night football right at the end. That's right. Traded during Thursday night football touchdown i'm sure it was like okay go take thursday night get your affairs in order say goodbyes boom you're in sf on friday i'm sure someone took his stuff to the hotel or wherever he's staying until he finds a place and he went straight to the facility and started to get to work um so he absolutely did the best he could and off the limited number of of touches that he had he did a lot with him so we got a, a cool glimpse of of what is ahead yeah, totally, totally agree. It's going to be really exciting to see. All right, should we stop talking about exciting stuff and talk about that game yesterday? Well, let's talk about one more of the leading parts into the bummer where we had some guys back from injuries. Now, that should be exciting. It didn't pan out to be, but that should be exciting. Trent Williams was out there for the first time in three weeks now. He did. I think this would have been his fourth week gone. Yeah. Uh, Nick Bosa was healthy. Um, are there any? Those are the two big names. Obviously, is there anyone else that was? I saw. I think you and I were talking. Did Jimmy Ward get out there? Yeah, yeah. I think Jimmy Ward was out there playing with a big like cast on his hand. That okay? That's what I thought. And that's you know I get it because he's on defense. But I'm also thinking safeties can intercept the ball. I don't think he can intercept the ball with that thing on his hand. So yeah. Um, did we have both wards? Yeah, yeah. Traverius Ward okay, was out great. there as well, and he he played through the game. That's why I was, 
That's why I was confuzzled for a moment. I think we got to the, uh, the one thing to think about is and we'll talk about this. I think it's worth wondering how healthy a lot of those guys were like and I don't know if that's just me talking myself into something, but maybe I'm like, oh, maybe they weren't actually 100 percent like maybe they'll be better in a couple of weeks. But yeah, that was just. Yeah. Sorry, that, it was that not game ideal. Stunk. Yeah, it's not ideal. So, I don't know where where do you want to even start with some of the the problems from that game? Yeah, um, I I think high level, that was an offensive masterclass by Andy Reid and the Kansas City Chiefs. Like I I texted Daniel Seriously? this last yep. night, and I think I'm ready to go live with this take. I think Andy Reid. <laughs> is and always has been what people think and what we sometimes think Kyle Shanahan is. Like, we are told Kyle Shanahan is this offensive mastermind who can just change games with nothing but a, a pen and a play sheet, figuring things out, scheme up plays to overcompensate for a bad offensive line, for not having your best receiver anymore, for not having the best running back, X, Y, and Z. And Kyle Shanahan is good at a lot of those things. Andy Reid has been doing this for like 25 years and can actually do it, and has actually won a Super Bowl. And, I mean, what what the Chiefs did yesterday was just perfectly tailored to beat the 49ers every step of the way. They had Bosa chip-blocked. Nobody else in the D-line could help. They saw that our interior defensive line was weakened. They gutted us. They ran right through it. Patrick Mahomes did Patrick Mahomes things. That's the best way to say it, too. I, I think Andy Reid is... What what Andy Reid did yesterday, maybe that's the hope for what Kyle Shanahan can become. Maybe that's the hope for when Kyle Shanahan gets all the pieces, all the experience. Maybe someday Kyle Shanahan will be able to do what Andy Reid did yesterday. But I don't know that we can call Kyle Shanahan the best offensive mind in the NFL anymore after watching that. Because what, what Andy Reid and the Chiefs did was... One of the most impressively tailored offensive game plans you will ever see. And the 49ers defense laid an egg. I mean, the the offense laid an egg too, and we'll get to that. But the 49ers defense, which up until now had been the best defense in the league, was absolutely gutted by the Chiefs yesterday. And that's what I mean when it's like, are we really all in? Maybe we're all in in the NFC. The NFC is not that great right now, but we just played an AFC contender and we're outclassed. Our defense looked like, yeah. I mean, it was JV versus varsity out there in the second half. That screen pass to Jarek McKinnon was one of the most embarrassing things I've ever seen. They called a screen do you think, on third and 20 and converted it, Daniel. Do you think Andy Reid is one of the most underrated coaches in the NFL? I think he's one of the best. I don't know. I don't know if he's underrated anymore. I feel like he was until he won the Super Bowl, but he was getting a lot of love on Twitter yesterday. But I don't know if he's okay, good. thought. But I think probably because he's an older guy, he's not really thought about. Like he's not in the class of like the the young hot shots, Shanahan, McVay, Lafleur, and it's like actually Andy Reid's just better. And yeah, don't put Kingsbury in there anymore. Yeah. Oh, I I would never put Kingsbury. I never put Kingsbury there. I'm not a big Cliff guy. Um, but maybe okay, there's another fun game there's another quick. element of this that I wanna I wanna say that does get me excited because there's a chance that this Andy Reid. Like this Andy Reid really coming to his own and being a dominant, incredible offensive play caller. Could it be because he is paired with the perfect quarterback? 
And so maybe we can dream that when Lance gets fully healthy, maybe Shanahan will take that next step. That that's all I got. Sorry, Daniel. I do I do think that it is the perfect pair. I can't think of it, which is so funny to look at Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes together and say, like, that's the perfect pairing. It's just just funny to me. You know, Pat is this goofy guy, younger. Obviously, there's going to be an age gap. But Andy Reid is just this bigger white guy with a just a thick mustache. And then you got Patrick, and they're just funny, funny duo to me. But my goodness, they work well. So, Timmy, let's play a game. You tell okay. me who who you would rather have as your team's NFL coach, okay? Okay. I'm just going to fire some out there. Andy Reid or Sean McVay? Andy Reid. Andy Reid or Doug Peterson when the Eagles won the World, uh, World Series? The Super Bowl. Andy Reid. Um, Andy Reid or Urban Meyer on the Jaguars? Andy Reid. Okay, I wasn't even sure that one really I thought counted. about saying Urban Meyer for the Lulz. Um, Andy Reid or Bill Belichick in 2005? Bill Belichick. Fair enough. How about Andy Reid versus Bill Belichick in 2020? Bill Belichick. Yeah. Okay. Down to it. Andy Reid, Kyle Shanahan. Andy Reid. No question. He said it. Andy Reid's won a Super Bowl. How about Andy Reid, Mike Shanahan? Uh, that's a good question. That's a good question. <laughs> we don't know maybe, enough. Maybe Mike Shanahan. Is is there a McCaffrey yeah, on the we, team? We don't know. Which Mike Shanahan? Mike Shanahan with John Elway or Mike Shanahan in Washington? <laughs> I oh. love the tone there. I, in Washington. The Andy Reid, Kyle Shanahan thing is tough because Kyle Shanahan's probably got 30, 40 more years at this and Andy Reid does not. So there's, there's that element to no. it. But I think it's maybe not 30, 40, but 20, 30. Um, but... It is, it is hard because I think Andy Reid, I think Kyle Shanahan was out coached yesterday. I mean, we watched an offensive masterclass, and it wasn't put on by our offensive genius, Wonderkind. You know, and so yeah. that was that's the hard part is our defense didn't necessarily make a ton of mistakes. They just got beat. Yeah, I mean, like here and there, yes, they weren't perfect by any means. The screen, pass but just was some of those bad. throws, sure. But some of those deep shots by Mahomes. I think it was just a great play. He made an incredible throw, and there was like just to the receiver. I think there were plenty of plays. There was one to Marquez Valdez Scantling, and then one or two to Juju, where I'm just like, I, I rewound it back from what I saw, and I go, I do not blame anyone in coverage. Like that is a tough play, and we just I mean, there's a few of those where I'm like, what are you going to do? Michael Hardman getting to the edge on those runs. It's brutal. That shouldn't happen. Bosa, I mean, Bosa played okay. He got, I mean, he got limited. Maybe he's not healthy. We don't know. He had a good first quarter, and then they, you know, really started double-teaming him and stuff. And I honestly, I think he's frustrated. I think he's looking at his other guys in the D-line like, what the heck? Like, I got our one sack. Like, I did my job. Like, if they're, you. Get zero help. Like, and we've talked about this. We need to be able to make them pay for double-teaming Bosa, and we can't. And maybe Drake Jackson will become that. I don't. I don't know what we have to do. Maybe D'Amico Ryans needs to be scheming up other things. I don't know. But something needs to... Something's got to give. Because Bosa is is doing his job. Even coming off an injury, not full practice. Like, he is, he is out there. He is drawing double teams. This should be making other opportunities. Opportunities for other guys. And I don't... Like, I don't know why it's not. And what is... What is stopping that? Is it Armstead being out? I think that's a big loss, especially in the run game. 
Absolutely. Is it Drake Jackson just getting up to speed? But I don't know. I mean, this D-line, it was just not the D-line we are accustomed to as 49ers fans. But, yeah. I mean, I just, we need to figure out something. Like, it can't just be Bosa. It, so that's it why, that's where some frustration came for me for the McCaffrey trade was, yes, I th- he's an incredible piece. Um, Jimmy Garoppolo is surrounded. He has Debo Samuel, George Kittle, Christian McCaffrey, all on the same team. That's talk about. I think that's potentially the best three targets a quarterback could have in the NFL. Yeah, that's probably true. That is a that is a fair thing to say. I think at least it's in the running by the, especially you know some people would say, oh maybe a younger Christian McCaffrey. He's still lights out. So, um, and I would say that two weeks ago, even when he wasn't on the Niners, but to have your next guys be Brandon Ayuk, Kyle Yuschek. And Elijah Mitchell and Jeff Wilson, like those are four, five, six, seven. That's insane. There's a lot of depth. There's a lot of offense potential. And we saw part of it. That touchdown throw to Ray Ray McLeod, while that play wasn't super pretty, and Jimmy was so close to being sacked as he usually is, I thought that that was a big part of what our offense could look like. That play was designed to go to Christian McCaffrey, it was an option, and Jimmy didn't like it. But I don't know who else was lined up as a receiver on that play specifically, so it kind of surprises me that Ray Ray was for that one. But you have, oh, this play's designed for CMC. We don't like it. Oh, I'm going to pivot. Where's Debo? Nope, covered. Where's Kittle? Just, that's unreal. So really hope that we're able to see some some better plays statistically out of Jimmy simply oh, because he's got a lot of Are we talking about Jimmy? You want to read the text I sent you during the game yesterday? I can't. Uh, well, I'll read it to <laughs> phone you. Dead. Daniel's phone's dead. I texted Daniel during the game. Like dead, dead. Is there anything more terrifying than when Jimmy Garoppolo drops back to pass? And that, I mean, that sums it up how we feel as 49 And I could fans. not think of anything in the moment, no. That that goal line interception, that was so bad. Killed it. My, uh, an, my answer to your question, what's scarier is... My answer to your question is, what's scarier than a Jimmy Garoppolo drop back I would say that it is a Chiefs team down by two touchdowns. Patrick Mahomes has the ball and two minutes left. Yeah. That's what's scary. That is scary. I mean But that's it. Yeah. The that that red zone interception you don't even know who he was throwing to. That is everything. I mean, that's a rookie. He is a six year NFL veteran. And that is something a rookie does. He should have just taken the sack. The 49ers would have been in a much better position if he had just taken the sack. Jimmy never takes a sack. No. That's what we've learned is Jimmy never does. And he throws off his back foot. I mean, that was that was embarrassing. That was really, really bad. And then the, the safety, although I don't actually know if that was his fault. I think I think the O-line carries a lot, a lot of blame for that. And we'll uh maybe it's time to talk about that. I mean, you know who got beat on that safety, Daniel? Don't say it. Trent Williams got beat. And Trent Williams said he was 100% healthy with a full range of motion. Trent Williams doesn't and get he beat. he doesn't get beat. It was like an, no. it was, wasn't it Frank Clark? He hasn't had that good of a season. Or was it Chris Jones? Chris Jones has been good. Frank Clark has been bad. I don't remember which one. Uh, Probably Chris Jones because I thought Clark was on yeah, the, no, you're right, you're right. the Bosa side. But anyway, 
the the O line. Um, I mean, the interior. I mean, we're still starting different right guards depending on the half. Because Brunsko was out Brunsko there. Brunsko played the second half. Burford played the first. What the heck? Okay. Mike McGlinchey. Mike McGlinchey deserves not to be on Mike the McGlinchey list anymore. of of bad 49ers first round picks under Shanahan and Lynch. Like it's what Solomon Thomas what's, and Mike McGlinchey. Well, what's what's hard is Mike is in both categories where he was phenomenal for the first year or two. And he then was never that great in pass protection. He was a phenomenal run blocker. He never yeah. really figured out the pass pro, I think. He was good enough and got it done, totally. I think. But, I mean, we loved Mike for the first year or two. And then I don't know if it's just his injuries have gotten to him and he'll never get back to that true form. That could be it. We see that a lot. But, yeah, no, I used to be a huge Mike fan. In the last couple of years, I've been, okay, he's, he's injured. He's going to get into it. And now it's just really hard to, to feel comfortable on that right side at all. He was not. Um, he was not good. I mean, I don't know. The 49ers still have a, a decent amount of cap space. Should we be looking to trade for another pass rusher? Should we be looking to trade well, for so, another, like a new right tackle? Because the NFC is here's wide my open. Frustration. That is true. It is. My frustration is, or the tension rather, I love the fact that we have Christian McCaffrey now. Agreed. And while, so yes, fun. we gave, especially for long term, that's awesome. But... You know, I think I think that for multiple years on his contract, we didn't really give up that much. Yeah, no, I like, I'm okay with the trade. I'm fine with that trade. A second, third, fourth, and fifth, okay, that's fine. Especially, you know, we've got some young guys. I don't think we're. It's hard not having a lot of draft picks for the next few years, but then it's also like, no, we've we've got some good guys for quite a while, and we're good at picking picking free agents up and throwing them in and then shipping them out. Just what happens. But here's my frustration. Our, yes, our offense has been a struggle bus in some ways, but I don't think that has anything to do with anyone else, mostly other than our quarterback. The defense is banged up galore. Not a ton of injuries on the offense. Elijah Mitchell has been out. Trent Williams has has been out, but is back. I think Elijah is going to be back next week or in two weeks, maybe. Maybe it's longer. I don't know. But we give that draft capital to get another offensive weapon. Yes, I think it was needed, or at least it's absolutely beneficial and it's awesome. But now we have a defense that is riddled with injuries, was has been doing awesome, but sometimes it kind of makes you think, how? How are they doing so good? Especially with Eric Armstead, Javon Kinlaw out, um, with the secondary as questionable as it can be sometimes, especially, I mean, after Mosley's injury. So, like, Diameter Lenore has not been killing it as a corner. No, he Avery was doing Thomas better than spent Nickel. some time out there yesterday and also was destroyed. Well, after Lenore got hurt, and I was going to ask if you'd heard anything on Lenore's injury. Well, I think he came back during the game yesterday. Okay, so maybe that's why I didn't, I didn't see yeah, him. he made it back But I saw there. no report on him. Okay. All great. right, so I have a name um, that I want to mention. So the 49ers are... For better or worse, we're in F them picks mode. The 49ers are all in. That has become clear with this Christian McCaffrey trade. I don't think you don't you don't back out at this point. You just doubled down. There's a couple names on yeah. some various teams around the NFL that you hear are getting calls that teams are taking calls about. One of them is Bradley Chubb on the Denver Broncos. 
He's an edge rusher. Really? Yeah. Yeah. There's rumors. There's there's trade rumors. There's nothing nothing big, but they're getting calls. Just because Denver sucks. Yes. Yeah, Denver why. sucks. Good. What do you think would? Do you think there's any world in which the 49ers trade for Chubb to bring in another edge rusher to that D line? Him and Bosa would be a sight to see. It would be a sight to see. Is he truly? I think he is an edge. I feel like a lot of the time he's yeah, off. Yeah, maybe he's more of an off-ball linebacker. But he's a, he's a pass so rusher for sure. Part of he's me would say linebacker. no, go get a true go get a true edge rusher or D-line guy cuz did we talk about last week? I haven't seen anything on Javon Kinlaw. Maybe I'm horrible he's at on, researching he's injuries. He's on IR but, for a little a little while. But I think Bradley Chubb counts, no, counts I know as that, an edge rusher. But for there sure. was talk about him being gone for the season. Oh, yeah, I haven't heard anything about that. We need Armstead okay, back. so I'm actually in the loop there. We need Armstead back. We need Armstead back. I think that, I th- I mean, we've already talked about Javon Kinlaw being in some of those first-round picks that we don't like. I I think he's already there just with how little he's played. hasn't done exceptionally when he's there. So in my head, you know, how long do we just let these first-rounders just have their spot until we move yeah. on? No, I don't disagree. So I'm still thinking Deron Payne. From the Commanders, he was talking about the start of the year. He's not happy with this contract. They're not the best team. Well, they beat the Packers, but you know they're not going to pass the Cowboys or the Eagles or the Giants, um, let alone the Giants. So the Giants six and one now. Yeah, they won. They they're beat. Uh, who they beat yesterday? That's crazy. And then Eagles are. Oh, they were on bye, so they're six and zero. Oh. Yeah, that's nuts. Um, the Eagles are awesome. They're the best team in the NFC, but. Yeah, I think I'm with you. I think if the 49ers make another trade, it needs to be for either an edge rusher or an interior D-line guy. I don't know. Bradley Chubb, just keep an eye on it. The 49ers are clearly all in. Like, we saw the Rams trade for an offensive weapon and a defensive pass rusher last season, and that put them over the hump. Maybe we're going to try to do the same. Do you think... My worry is that if we go to the playoffs and we go deep in the playoffs, our three interior guys... Very inexperienced. I do not think that this... I, I do not like that this would be the O-line we'd be running with into playoffs and for the rest of the year. Um, Did, did J.C. Tedder retire? Did you see that? That was a while ago, yeah, but I'm pretty sure... Retired. the Yeah. And so I was wondering, because he waited till just about the season. I'm wondering if he was like, hey, maybe the Niners will reach out and I'll play for them, kind of like Alex Mack did. Yeah. And when they didn't, he's like, okay, I'm done. Maybe. I'm done playing. I don't know. But I just, they just got, there's too many areas where I go, okay, we need, I think we need some more veteran help here. Um, I'd have to really look at some O-line names to see who could potentially be available. Um, but I think a Deron Payne, that's, that's what I would want to see most. Um, his contract is, actually, I don't know if it's up at the end of the year. Regardless, I just don't know how much more we have to give. Um, I think he's younger, so I don't know how much they're interested in Kinlaw. But we'll do a tradesies. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. It would be interesting. I think there's, I think there's moves to be made, and I like could see the 49ers continuing to be buyers at the deadline because I don't know. Once you, once you take that first all-in move, you start looking around and saying, well, what else can we do? You know? Yeah. And it's hard. We uh, we were wrong the first time. Neither of us thought Christian McCaffrey was coming our way. 
and yet here he is. So I don't know. Who knows what? Yeah, just what could be happening. Just keep an next. eye on it. So let's do a back out. Uh, we mentioned this. Let's talk NFC West standings real quick. Daniel, off the top of your head, who's leading the NFC West? Go. You have five seconds. Rams. Wrong. <laughs> no, I, I know who it is, and it's this is wrong. This is very wrong. The Seattle Seahawks at four and three. I know are first in the <laughs> NFC West. Now, this is like I feel like the last few years we've been the Rams have been the 49ers NFC West rival, and I don't like the Rams. I hate the Seahawks with like a a very vicious hatred of the Seattle Seahawks that vicious I that I carry hatred. With because I think it's because when I grew up as a 49ers fan was like when I really became a fan was about 10 years ago, like during that, the Jim Harbaugh run and the Seahawks were the 49ers, not just chief divisional rival, but really chief rival in that time. They were the 49ers, the Seahawks were like the two best teams in football for like a three or four year stretch there. So anyway, I just really don't like the Seahawks anyway. So it's brutal. Of course not. The good news is so they're at four and, so it's so they're at four and three. The Rams are at three and three because they were on by this week. We play them next week. With Geno Smith. Geno Smith as quarterback. They're better without Russ. I will say it's been fun. Kenneth Walker was a menace yesterday, yeah. so let's give him the credit. It's been fun to watch but... the city of Seattle turn on Russell Wilson, too. The Seattle Kraken Twitter account tweeted the other day, Kraken country, let's glide after a win. And I just, I don't know. It's been fun watching everybody hate Russ. But anyway, so and then the Cardinals are also at 3-3. Three and three. But the good news is the 49ers already have two divisional wins over the Rams and Seahawks. We play the Rams next week. If we beat the Rams next week, that should bounce us up to the top. Even if, well, Seattle wins, it won't. But if Seattle loses... No, that's actually a huge a huge note that we've yeah. beaten both of those division teams. We beat Seattle. We beat and I'm not Rams. worried about the Cardinals. So, and I'm not worried about the Cardinals. I am because they, Kyler they Murray has just kind of always out. figured out how to, how to move the ball on the 49ers. But, and you know, Cliff is going to give up play calling at some point, so... Um, maybe they'll get better, but anyway, which is so the 49ers have every shot to win the division. The 49ers have every shot to put themselves into the two or three seed in the NFC. Really? I mean, who else is good there's besides not the Eagles? Team. The Eagles are clearly awesome. Is the next, there's not a single team in the NFC that I, I would say like, nope, don't think we can beat them. Is the next best uh, team, the Vikings after the Eagles? Yeah, right now, but I I just don't I've never seen the Vikings yeah, be able to hold exactly. it out for a whole season in in a long time. So, I mean, a lot of people are going to say like, "Oh, like how are you guys dogging on the Packers and the Bucks?" Cuz they suck. If you haven't noticed, if you haven't noticed because recently, the Bucks everybody just lost to the Steelers and the Panthers. And the And Packers they didn't even get a touchdown to yesterday, the did they? Yeah. Neither of them. I mean, Rodgers looked at his team and said, "What the f are we doing?" Like yeah, he no, is, they're falling he apart. He is confused. It's both train wrecks. It's both really of fun them. to watch. I would say the two; those are the top two quarterbacks in the league career-wise so far. And we know suck. Patrick Mahomes will be there with them. I kind of want to say Josh oh, Allen Josh will Allen be as will well. Be but Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers are obviously two of the best quarterbacks of all time, and to have their teams crumbling makes this NFC a lot easier. It is the AFC that seems to be stacked. Um, no, you're right. The Eagles and the Vikings, I think, are the two top teams right now. Um, I'm not really worried about I'm just running through the teams. I'm really, I really would be fine if the Niners had to play any of them for any kind of big game moment. Um, but we have seen 
that the Niners are usually their own worst enemy. The- when the Niners, it's it's a simple science to me. Niners limit mistakes; they're incredible. Niners make mistakes and kind of shoot themselves in the foot, get screwed over. It is worth noting, I think, and I'm gonna do some googling to confirm this. Like the hardest part of the 49ers' schedule is kind of behind us. Like, look at these next few games. So Rams. We'll talk about that in a minute. 49ers own the Rams. Then we have the bye week, which is great because we have a lot of unhealthy guys. Then the Chargers. Chargers. Yes. Which is one I will be at. Char- the Chargers one? Yeah. Yes. Um, Chargers aren't, really aren't looking that great. I mean, they lost yesterday to Seattle. Dude, no. And then we have the Cardinals. But talk about how good they are. Again, kind of a kind of a train wreck. Then we have the Saints. Then we have the Dolphins. Dolphins kind of frisky. Then we have the Buccaneers. Maybe Tom Brady's figured things out by then, but... But who knows? And then... Yeah, maybe Tom has, but has yeah. anyone else on and the team? And then the Seahawks, who we think are good, not great. Then the Commanders. Then the Raiders. And then the Cardinals. Oh, boy. Like, n- we've played the best team on our schedule. And it was yesterday. Like... But if you and I were to look at this schedule at the start of the year before getting any of this context... Yeah. I think we absolutely would not be saying the same thing. Well, I mean, we... Yeah, we, th- we did that. We, we we didn't say the same. Yeah, thing. we thought the we Cardinals. We thought their first part was easier, but I think yes. Like looking ahead at our schedule, the worst is over, and we have like only like two more road games for the rest of the year. Like honestly, so again, you, playing you at the Rams is always a game. game. That's a home game. <laughs> playing at the Rams is always a game. You know, even though we own them, especially there to be. Yeah. You know, that's a big game. Chargers, CMC you know, they are struggling right now. But move. Sunday night, is it Sunday night football? It feels like it should be Sunday night football under the lights of SoFi Stadium. Oh, it's not Sunday night football. Again, 125. Um, under the big bright lights of Chargers SoFi Stadium, is Sunday CMC night football. really introducing himself as a 49er to, you know, the home crowd over there in SoFi. Yeah. Better, hey, 49ers uh, fans who live in LA, you better have Stafford doing the silent count this week. Um. Yeah, Sunday night football gets the Chargers, and then I think it's Monday against the Cardinals. But Cardinals, Saints, down to Commanders, Raiders, Cardinals. Not, not worried whatsoever. Don't want to be worried about the Seahawks, but you have to be a little bit because of how well they've been playing. That leaves the Bucks and the Dolphins for teams we were really curious about, early or really worried about earlier in the season. But they again have not, have not been having it. Obviously, Tua not not playing a ton for them has been a challenge for them and getting him healthy. Did they, did the Dolphins play last night? That was last night. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. The Dolphins played on Sunday night. Football. I saw zero reports of that. They, they I know won. nothing about Sunday night they football, won. but I think did Tua play? Yeah, Tua played somehow. Okay. That's what I thought. Um, But yeah, so just context I everyone. I just, I look my, at this. My schedule. phone is a dead brick. <laughs> So I have seen nothing in the last 24 hours. I look at this schedule, and I just really think the 49ers can can roll over these next few games. And that, that's a fair expectation. Um, moving forward, as we said, we got Rams. We're there. We're at the Rams. Um, what, a, what a fun place to be for us. Um, what, what do you think is – what are we going to feel – after this next week's game, Timmy, what's going to be the feel well, after this game? I think it depends on if Eric Armstead plays. And I have something to read to you that I saw on Twitter this morning. 
from Jordan Elliott, so I'm sure it's legit. He doesn't have a check mark, but we're going with it. In the last 15 games Eric Armstead has played for the 49ers, Daniel, the 49ers haven't allowed more than 100 rushing yards. That's nuts. And then three of the four games Armstead has missed this season, their opponents have gained 100 yards on the ground. The Rams don't really have much of a rushing attack because something something's going on with Cam Akers. We don't really know what. I don't want to speak to it. Sounds like he's going to be traded. There's some personal issues. Is he mad at the team? Nobody knows. They don't really have much of a rushing attack, but McVay can scheme it up. I mean, he learned from the best. Kyle. Um, yeah, he always does. And so if if he if Armstead's out, I think that's going to matter. I do think the 49ers win. I mean, the 49ers own the Rams. They need this one. CMC's going to be... CMC is going to be fully integrated into the offense at this point. The O-line is going to be better. Hopefully all the guys who came back last week are healthier now. Like maybe that was a, oh, I'm playing at 80%. Now I'm back to 100 kind of thing. I, I think that's something to hope for. And like we joke about this, but the 49ers will be in a very friendly environment in SoFi Stadium. I mean, I went to a SoFi Rams 49ers game and we outnumbered the Rams fans there. And I don't know why we wouldn't. This time as well. So friendly crowd, CMC going to probably be the full-time starter at this point at running back. Um, Hopefully everyone back to a little more healthy. Maybe Jason Barrett's out there. Like there's a lot to be excited about. So I think the 49ers, Niners walk out of this one with a W. Any, any thoughts on this one, Daniel? No, hey, as I give my thought on this, can you pull up the the stats from yesterday and then just talk about where the targets went yesterday? Um, but uh, no, I, I think it's a. I think you're what you just said. I would totally agree with in the sense of Chris McCaffrey will be the starter. Uh, we're gonna see a lot from him. Um, and that that stat about Eric Armstead in the run game is not shocking to me. Um, I usually have a harder time with Armstead statistically because I look at his sacks and oh my guy he doesn't have a ton of sacks well that's because Bosa gets to him first Armstead has made comments where he's like dang my sack number is down because Bosa is so much faster than I am and he's just going to get there before I get my opportunity um but he is a run blocker kind of guy and those are just stats that you have to really look for those kind of stats for you know, the anytime he plays under 100 yards rushing for the other team, when he doesn't play, they get over. Like those are those are stats that are harder for us to truly find and just search up. But that's the kind of stuff that that shows you how important he yeah. is, how crucial he is. So I'm with you. I'm hoping that these guys that have been playing at 50, 80, whatever percent are ready to go fully. Um, yeah. All right. I have some numbers for you. That'll be a huge difference. 49ers leader in targets yesterday. Brandon Ayuk with 11. He had seven receptions on those 11 targets. George Kittle, nine targets, six receptions. Then we have Debo, four targets. Or seven, sorry, Debo had seven targets, five receptions. So that's not a lot of targets. Not a lot of targets. I'm surprised to see Ayuk leading. Christian McCaffrey had two targets, two receptions for 24 yards. And his longest one was 13. So that means both of his two receptions were for more than 10 yards. That's awesome. And they were not long that passes That is a great he did a stat line. I'm so excited to see him out there. Um, yeah. So hopefully this is this is CMC's de- debut. Like last week, you know, that was the teaser trailer. This week we have a full week of Christian McCaffrey practicing in the Shanahan offense. George Kittle yep. has decided he is an elite tight end. 
That was we knew that, but it was fun to kind of be reminded of it, especially as someone who owns them in a fantasy league and hit on their bold prediction after three weeks in a row of making that bold prediction. But yeah. You know what was so fun for me? Is so yesterday was National Tight End. Oh, yes, it was. Did you see the And George Kittle and Travis Kelsey played each other and then Timmy, who was the announcer? Oh, Greg Olson. And did you see that? And those are the three dudes on the game yesterday? Kelsey and Kittle had the same yeah. amount of receptions, same amount of receiving yards, and then just Kittle had a touchdown. Kelsey no didn't have a way. touchdown, but, it was, but they were both at 98 receiving yards on six receptions. Wow, that's crazy that we – I don't think I thought about that yet, that we held Kelsey to no touchdown. Yeah. Granted, he didn't have a ton of red zone looks, I don't think. Um, But when I was talking with people before this game of we just have to stop Travis Kelsey was kind of my thought – but apparently now it's we have to stop Miko Hardman, yeah. who had three touchdowns that on the day. That was crazy. Two of them on the ground, too. I mean, like I said, just a perfect offensive game plan from the Chiefs. Do you know what? I bet you the Chiefs feel pretty good about themselves because Miko had a really big day, and he did it in a Debo Samuel kind of way. Probably, yeah. And so I, I, think, I think they feel pretty good about that, and that one kind of stings. Yeah, that was, that was a bummer. Just a hard uh, – that was really hard. You got a, you got your bold prediction correct. Yes, I, I think did. The third week going with a Kittle touchdown. Uh, there it is. Um, I can't fully remember mine, and uh, as I said, my phone is dead, dead. It's a goner. So uh, I'll look to to next week for mine. Um, if we're playing the Rams in SoFi, we always try to make these able to be backed up by statistics and proven. Um, but iffy kind of sorta. Um, I wanna I wanna say something about my my boy Talanoa Hufunga who had the only interception for the Niners yesterday, diving off of a tip to grab that ball. Just a phenomenal, phenomenal play by an incredible player. Um, gosh, what would what's a good bull prediction at SoFi? It's hard. There's so much I, pressure when it's I at so far. You want to get it right. Hit I think it. Christian McCaffrey gets his first touchdown as a 49er. Oh, beauty. Easy one, but I'm taking it. Yeah, I mean, yes, easy one, but also a great one. Totally. Part of me was almost like, no, go rushing and receiving. He's going to get two. Yeah, no, I'm going with one. I think he's going to get two. I'll just I'll just stick with the one. I think he's going to get two. I'm uh, worried about that. I will go for mine. I think that we do pretty well against these guys, and I'm going to say we're going to see. I'm lean. I always like to do a defense one when you do offense, but I'm very hesitant to do a defensive one right now. So. I'm just going to go with that our offense is going to muster up at least four offensive touchdowns. We're going to get at least four offensive touchdowns against this Rams defense. I want to say five. Yeah, I like it. I think I won't. I think it's going to be a good game. Um, hopefully it's a bounce back game for the 49ers. Hopefully those guys who came back this week weren't at 100% and we can kind of hang our hat on that for why they didn't look great. But yeah, it's going to be a fun one. Any other any other notes heading into this? As we say every week, 
watch the injury report. We'll see who's healthy. Um, I'm sure you're going to see some fun highlights of CMC at practice in a Niners uniform. Yeah, that's going to be fun. Um, I Listeners, heads up, I will be out the next two episodes on my honeymoon. So Daniel... He's getting married! So Daniel will be uh, having maybe some guests on, doing some solo stuff. We'll, we'll keep your feed full, but my... Uh, I'm sure you'll be happy to hear that you won't have to listen to me for a couple weeks. But enjoy these Rams game. Enjoy who's after that. that I'm gonna, oh, and the, and the bye week. Enjoy the bye week while I'm gone. Yeah. Oh, that'd be great. Yeah. Ah, You're welcome. We I totally, scheduled it. I totally scheduled it that way. <laughs> well, I'll figure out. I'll figure something fun out for the bye week. Yeah. All right. Well, hey, thanks for tuning in, everyone. We love doing this show. It's a blast. So uh, thanks for tuning in. And that it is. Daniel, any, any parting thoughts? Have a great week, everybody. Yeah. Have the best week. Stay out there. Stay out there, everyone.